Tomorrow, fellow travelers, are you ready to walk by night? You're listening to That's Pretty Dark. The podcast where we talk about all of the entertainment that scared us as children. And still haunts us as adults. So grab your flashlight and join us as we take a frightfully nostalgic look over our shoulders. And under our beds. And in our closets. And together we'll realize, whoa, that's pretty dark. dark. (laughs) Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Christian. What's up? You know, just hanging out, trying to record a podcast. Recording a podcast? Yeah. What's it called? It's called That's Pretty Dark. That's pretty sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're both so tired. I'm tired. (laughs) I mean, I'm tired, too. I don't know if I'm as tired as you are. I feel like we both have sleepy eyes, like the, like, you know, you can tell when somebody just woke up. And they have, like... Yeah, I definitely do. I've been up for, like, three hours, and it doesn't matter. (laughs) I have, like, my face is all puffy. Puffy. Sleepy, probably because I slept more than I normally do, which is not that much still, but yeah, more than the six hours I get on a work day. Well, that's good. So, you know what they say when you, uh, you know, you're gonna take your ACT, you don't want to get any less sleep than normal, and any you don't want to get any more sleep than normal. I haven't thought about ACT prep in a long time, and I really don't ever want to again. No, I don't know why that popped into my head. Those were some of the darkest days of my life, to be honest with you. I hated, like, just the ominous idea that I'm going to have to go take that test. Get out of here, standardized testing. We want to set things on fire, right? and we want to throw eggs at stuff. Yeah, I feel like you have more experience on the matter, so I'm glad that you're the one that's going to tell us about it. We all know I'm the resident bad boy here. I get up to no good. Up to no good, otherwise known as mischief. Hey, people, we've said the words mischief, fire, and eggs. So can you guess what we're trying to we've talk to you about? also said ACT. So today we're talking about the college prep courses oh you can take. And I'm the least qualified to, to do a podcast on that. Man, I feel the least qualified to have a podcast. In general? Of everyone today, right now. Same. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, without any further ado, today's going to be real spooky and real special. Because uh, this is coming out on October 30th. Which is? It's Mischief Night. Mischief Night. The night before Halloween. And tomorrow's Halloween. So happy, happy early Halloween to everyone out there. Yeah. It's our favorite holiday. And we assume you probably don't hate it since you're listening to this podcast. If you do hate it, tell us why and why you're here. Because you're <laughs> a very interesting person. That's true. Today's going to be interesting. This is our Halloween special episode. So if you've been looking for something to do, something, some, you know, mischief to get up to. Mm-hmm. Welcome. We're happy you're here. Hey, I'm always looking for mischief to get up to. (laughs) Let's get up to some no good together because we are writers on a mission. (laughs) Action kids in in play position. This is a song. Rocket power. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I knew it was the song. We are writers on a mission. See, at first I thought you said writers and I was thinking that you were- In fun condition. Prepare to count down. Rocket power. (laughs) (laughs) So today, we are covering the standalone animated episode about Mischief Night, Rocket Power, Season 1, Episode 12, a.k.a. The Night Before. Hell yeah. Which is so funny, because, like, they should have just called it Mischief Night. I know. I don't know why they didn't call it I mean, I feel like they were trying to do, like, a poetic thing. Like, The Night Before Christmas, The Night Before Halloween? Yeah. That could be. The Night Before. This episode released October 20th. 1999. Mm-hmm. I was eight years old. This was my prime cartoon watching years, yeah. man. I don't feel like I should be able to remember watching 
rocket power like you know that early but i definitely remember so much of it yeah sure which is crazy like i said like that was the time that was my cartoon like i've not really been an animated stuff person for the second half of my life but yeah. this was it for me rocket power hey arnold Rugrats. Mm -hmm. that was that was it absolutely but so do you want to hear the history of mischief night first or do you want to get into Tell like me about mischief night first and then we'll we'll talk about the episode and how it so if you're in. here just for the mischief night information we gotcha <laughs> we gotcha we got you thanks for stopping by please uh rate review and subscribe oh my god <laughs> don't end it before you begin this is bad marketing don't end it before you begin mm. man that's deep i try let's jump right in shall we let's shall you might be wondering, huh, where did Mischief Night come from? What's that all about? Well, funny enough, it has like nothing to do with Halloween. No? <laughs> Almost nothing. Not at all? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I'm already surprised. You know, only so. by like uh, association. Like there's really nothing else that ties it to, to Halloween, mm -hmm. um, which I, th I found super, super interesting. I'm getting really more into these like uh, history and origin episodes have for having done origins of children's programming and then like doing this now i want to do so many more so hopefully yeah i mean I'm, this kind of I'm stuff sticks and i hope people like it i hope so too uh, if you don't tell us and if you do tell us even harder <laughs> so it goes by a different name depending on where you are in the world okay we've got devil's night gate night goosey night moving night mm. cabbage night and mat night now, you might think that's a lot of names for one holiday, but it doesn't stop there. Oh. In Yorkshire, it's mostly popular among 13-year-olds because it's seen as a coming-of-age ceremony. Oh. <laughs> so they just like go out and wreak havoc uh, when they're 13. I guess that's I that's the that, age actually. where you become a man. Some people have a bar mitzvah. Some people just go cause chaos. Some people just go start fires. Maybe some of the same people. I, who am I to I say? I mean, I don't know what you do at your bar mitzvah. <laughs> um, in Yorkshire, it is uh, referred to as mischievous night, mm. a.k.a. chivas night. Oh. It also goes by Miggy night, Tic Tac night. Corn night, trick night, mm. and Mickey night. Okay. In Liverpool, they call it Mizzy night. In the Welsh language, uh, I'm going to butcher this. It's called Noson Trigioni. Sounds very Italian. I did it wrong. I would tell you whether you were right or wrong, but I genuinely have no idea. I don't know. Uh, in Scottish Gaelic. Oh, man. You're just challenging <laughs> <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> so early in the morning. Wow. I haven't even finished my first cup of coffee. Uh, in Scottish Gaelic, it's called Oichnanclis. That sounded right. Or Nanclis. I don't know. So the U.S. tradition in the United States, I don't know why I had to <laughs> clarify U.S. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's October 30th, the night before Halloween. Mm -hmm. And the U.K. tradition in the United Kingdom, to clarify for everybody who didn't know. Oh, my God. It's November 4th, uh, the night before Guy Fawkes Day. Oh. A.K.A. Fireworks Day, A.K.A. Bonfire night. Mm, bonfire night. But I like that. In more recent times, they sometimes also do it on October 30th. So it's like, they're like, well, they're doing it then. So let's just do it both nights. Wow. I think so, some places have transitioned to the 30th, the night before Halloween. So but based only on what you've told me about the names of Mischief Night, yeah. am I safe to assume that this comes from like the UK region of the world? Yes, it does. Europe? It comes from the UK. Okay. Well, Europe in general, there are like German traditions too. It, it spread after a while. It's European. It's European, but it's, in origin. I think it's specifically UK. Okay. I think. I think those are its actual roots, but 
You know, I'm here to learn. So if anybody knows better than me, this is for the casual mischief night enthusiasts. <laughs> if you're casually interested in mischief night. This is this is the right place. Welcome. So yeah, you're wondering where it comes from. I'll tell you. Oh. Originally, mischief night fell on the night before May Day, aka May first, mm-hmm. which is also a very important pagan holiday. I was about to say, that's pagan with the maypole and yes, all that the stuff. the green man and woman and everything. Yeah. But it was generally around spring. But during the Industrial Revolution of the 19th century, many people started moving from the more like rural areas to the expanding cities, uh, looking for work and trying to capitalize on the whole boom. Mm-hmm. So like the lush, green, coming of spring celebration that is May Day, this like return of life and greenery to the world had much less of a significant impact on like not only the lives of these, you know, adults living in a city and yeah they'd moved on from that type of existence to the cities and they'd forgotten it really so they didn't really care anymore because they're focused on the future but it also impacted the lives of these children who now were you know being born in the city and had no real grasp of the concept of like beautiful bountiful nature Mm -hmm. flora would have been just as much of a foreign far-fetched concept to like london's youth yeah uh, throughout the 19th century as like the legendary green man and green woman of May Day themselves. Mm-hmm. The word I kept seeing over and over was grimy cities. Ew. Children of grimy cities. I mean, cities. we know we know how grimy London was. Right. Ooh, buddy. Yeah, so they basically just couldn't identify with it, so they adapted it so that they could enjoy it. So they decided to like move the holiday to the opposite end of the calendar year so that it would fall on not the birth of life, but the fading of it, oh. the season of death, if you will, of decay, hunger, violence, and fear. Mm-hmm. The earliest known reference to Mischief Night was in 1790 oh. when the headmaster of, like, I'm assuming a boys' school either encouraged the putting on of a play or actually wrote the play himself. Different sources said different things. It ended with a poem that was like referred to as an ode of fun, which celebrated children's tricks and pranks on something called Mischief Night. Mm. I was kind of bummed that um, it wasn't like, yeah, oh, Shakespeare invented Mischief Night. You Mm -hmm. know, it sounds like something that you would be in like Midsummer Night's Dream or something. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so uh, bravo this guy, this headmaster guy. So to clarify, this headmaster dude wrote a play or wanted to put on a play. Yeah, the, the school put on a play. And it included a reference to Mischief Night. Yes, yes. There was a big poem at the end that was basically mm-hmm. praising the tricks of children. I think the play was about that. And then it, it ended with this, like, let's let kids be okay. kids, you know? So it, this was something that was occurring, and then there was a play written about it, and then that's the written reference in history that we y- find. Either, yes. It, it's, I'm still hazy on okay. that. Okay. We don't know the chicken or the egg situation. Either there were events like this happening and he talked he about, talked it, about it and referenced it, or there were just like kids acting kids out. Kids mentioning it in a play. Yeah. Inspired. And they went, oh, that's a good okay. name for what we're doing. Let's pick a night and like call it Mischief Night. I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly. Hmm. So here's some common Mischief Night pranks. Do you want to hear what those are? I sure do. Well, I'll tell you. Ding dong ditching. Yes. Which I think we all know about that. Sure do. Knock knock ginger, which is just the same thing but knocking. Okay. And also doing something to make your doorbell ring nonstop, like making it stick so that oh, it like, yes. rings perpetually till you yep. till you stop it. That one would just freak me out. Same. It just seems wrong. Like <laughs> I don't even have a doorbell now because I don't want anybody ringing my doorbell ever, but I can't imagine. I love how that would be like, so terrifying. the sound to scare a millennial. 
is a doorbell or a knock on the door. A knock on the front door? Yeah. No, I like sit up. I'm like, same. nobody has any reason to be at my house. (laughs) I mean, if I don't expect a person, I I do not answer my door. Right. I don't like unexpected human contact. (laughs) Oh, same. (laughs) It's the worst. That's me in a nutshell. Super fun. So don't ding dong ditch my house or knock knock ginger me. Or me. Just, Just don't. throwing that out there. Please don't. Thank you. I'll lose my mind. Um, there were also many acts of petty vandalism, such as uh, forking yards, mm-hmm. stealing gates, emphasis on like gate night. So like a lot of the names came from like specifically what they were doing to <laughs> cause mischief. Okay. So gate night would be like stealing people's gates. Mm-hmm. Moving night was like they would either take people's porch furniture or rearrange it and like oh. swap it with other people's porch furniture. No. Well, moving night. We're moving moving you out. I see. One of my favorite things was tying uh, the doorknobs of two different houses together so that neither oh, yeah. homeowner can open the door. <laughs> I think I've seen that. I think that's so funny. Um, I'm like, where did I see that? Because I think it would have been a movie. I've never seen it in person. I mean, probably like a like a Little Rascals trick or something. It something sounds like, like something. That, yeah. I think I've seen that I feel too. like it was animated because I remember the doors going back and forth with the people trying to open it. It's definitely pretty comical. Unless it's happening to you. Unless it's <laughs> happening to you. Attaching strings of empty like tin cans to the back of your car and not know it and then you, you drive off. Mm-hmm. Using soap to write on windows, rolling trees, hedges, and buildings with toilet paper. Uh-huh. That's the one I remember. And powder bombing and egging people and cars and houses. (laughs) Have you ever been egged? I have while driving. Oh. Um, Did I tell you about that? That sucks. No, but that's like dangerous. I was stopped at a red light next to this vehicle and it was like midnight. And this is all within the vicinity of the university that we went to school at. So it's like, mm-hmm. this is just college kids being stupid. They have nothing better to do, which is shocking because it's, yeah, I don't know, your future and your education, but whatever. I'm an old man. Get off my lawn. <laughs> they uh, were next to me at a red light. When it turned green, I forget exactly the choreography of this, but basically they whipped in front of me and like something happened like when I slowed down that's when they egged my front windshield and like just like Ugh. pelted the side of my car like I couldn't why didn't they just get me at the red light yeah I don't understand well because that because they wanted it to be dangerous they wanted me driving first which was that's super, what I'm thinking I feel like it's more malicious than just college kids being. and then like they when I slowed down and almost stopped in the middle of the road they stopped like 50 yards in front of me yeah I and don't just like, like sat that. there if, waiting for me to like I guess, chase them. Yeah, that doesn't feel innocent. Yeah, when I sped forward to like, I was going to like ram the back of their car. I was so angry because I was exhausted and I have an anger problem. (laughs) But they sped off. They took off down Mm. the the street. They realized they picked the wrong person. Well, I think they wanted me to follow them because they like rounded the next corner and like took off and they kept slowing down. Like when I slowed down, they slowed down again. I don't know what happened. It was scary. I was like, I'm not following you. Never mind. I feel like you're like trying to lure me that, yeah. somewhere. Yeah. It freaked me out. That is so, so sketchy. I couldn't see who, who it was. I couldn't tell if it was like a bunch of kids or like a middle-aged man. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, I hate who it. Who knows? It wasn't Mischief Night. We know that much. No, but back to Mischief Night. Other thrown items include rotten fruit and vegetables. Mm. In the UK, fireworks are set off at midnight. And in the US, many a pumpkin is smashed. Mm-hmm. So these are all relatively harmless, uh, if not super annoying. But there are many other like damaging and dangerous pranks, such as you know spray painting things, uh, setting mm-hmm. things on fire, including but not limited to buildings, vehicles, garbage, and cemeteries. Apparently. Oh my god. Yeah, the trees. I guess I don't understand. Yeah. 
The grass. That still sounds like a bad move. Mm -hmm. All that cooking flesh. Mm. In Queens, specifically, it became popular to fill eggs with hair removal products and throw them at mm. people. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds like an urban legend, but yeah. like it's not real. But I, I guess it is. It's important to note that pretty much all of these uh, tricks, we'll call them, are the common, more traditional tactics for trick-or-treaters to get treats from homeowners. Mm -hmm. This is what they would threaten to do to your house if you didn't give them treats. And if you didn't deliver, they would. Love it. Love the concept. I never participated in it. Did you ever do like any mischief night? No. Did you get up to any mischief? <laughs> we didn't do anything on that night, but for the month of October, we would do something called booing. Have you heard of that? Booing, like, boo, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, we're, just, we're just around heckling <laughs> to, people. <laughs> to random passers-by, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, boo. that sounds kind of fun, honestly. Just sitting, just kids, sitting on the porch with a scarecrow. Know, on the sidewalk. <laughs> just, just drinking a beer at nine in the morning as a like, seven-year-old boy. <laughs> I was going to say, boo. as kids, okay. I'm not impressed. <laughs> Run faster. Nice windbreaker. Morning jogger, like, takes out their headphones. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> oh yeah no not that no not quite that booing. wasn't not booing. Like that. no no so we would what was booing we would uh it was introduced to us by the kids across the street always those kids and across we the got we got booed one year and we just thought it was so fun basically it's it sounds super lame in retrospect but it's like like you make like a poster you get a bunch of stuff i guess you kind of do like a silly putty or you do harmless things but we would like decorate posters and like tape them to front doors, uh, rearrange their ha like Halloween decorations, oh. like place things, mess things up. Kind of like we were like little elves or something. So mischief night. I mean, it was kind mischief, of mischiefy. But maybe did, it didn't happen on the night before Halloween. It didn't happen on mischief night. And we never did anything that was intentionally cruel. Mm -hmm. We didn't do anything that would be like uh, leave any kind of like mark or damage or anything. Mm -hmm. So it was more for fun. Glitter, streamers. I mean, it was kind of like rolling a house instead of. We didn't like roll trees and cause like actual like yard devastation with, mm -hmm. you know, toilet paper. We just like silly, silly little put things. like stream streamers of stuff. Like it looked like a Halloween birthday party on the front That's porch. Fun. And it was like, cool. Booing. And we would do it to, we did it to people who didn't have Halloween decorations up. Oh, like, we're going to decorate your front porch for we're Halloween. We're going to do it for you since you failed to participate yeah. in the holiday. Get in the spirit. Boo. <laughs> some people left it up and some people took it down. But That's cool. It was kind of fun. Yeah. It was That's cool. Really fun. So go boo your neighbors. <laughs> hey, boo me. Come on. I but love that. Be safe and make sure you know where your friends are at all times because this isn't the 90s anymore. That's right. I mean, you were getting kidnapped in the 80s and 90s, but you definitely would get kidnapped now. Yeah, for sure. Then it was like a possibility. Now it's like almost it's like a, a guarantee. It's like a probability. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels. Yeah. Ugh. So we would do, we would boo. So we didn't, That's we fun. didn't do, it was a little, yeah. bit, little I, bit of mischief. I never participated in Mischief Night, but I remember seeing it in cartoons and wanting to. And I know if I had in life, I would have never done anything destructive because I just don't have that in me. Right. Um, but right. I do remember a time when my house got egged. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> and I, I can't recall if it was on Mischief Night. I think it may have been because I remember I wasn't actually angry. It was, I was an adult, you know, <laughs> I wasn't actually angry about it because I remember just thinking like, oh, they did the thing that, that all the kids in the cartoons Aww, do. Lucky us. So I, I let them have that part of their childhood. I didn't get angry. But. Yeah. My mom always said, if, if our house ever gets rolled, you're cleaning it up. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want that to happen. I don't. That sounds yeah, terrible. didn't fight it. Now, in all of the wikis available to me, there were only two Mischief Night TV show episodes ah. that feature like Mischief Night specifically. It's so funny to me because I feel like it was like a central part of my childhood, even though I didn't ever participate. I know. I feel like I knew a lot about it from the shows we grew up watching. Yeah. But it's really just because of this one Rocket Power episode. Yeah, 
I guess so. And then the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, The Tale of the Twisted Claw. Yep. Which is, I think, is very like funny because in just our first couple months of podcasting, we'll be featuring both of these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get Mischief Night out of the way. And lucky us because it fell on a Saturday. Mischief Night. Crazy. I'm glad it wasn't last year and we had to wait like six more years just to like do it. <laughs> to have an episode that lands <laughs> right. on the day of. It's, it's funny. Like, so you were saying that you feel like it was much more central to your childhood and like Mischief Night as a concept. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but I feel the same way. I always think about this Rocket Power episode. Mm-hmm. I think about it all the time in general. But then specifically around Halloween. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think about other Halloween episodes of TV shows. I think about this one. The two that I think about are, are this one and Hey Arnold. I think about Raymundo sitting on the couch watching scary movies eating candy corn. Yeah. And I don't know why. Maybe this episode just had that much of an impact on us as children. That's what's crazy is that it was this 12-minute TV show episode. Yeah, it's like 12 and a half minutes long. And I'm sure we saw it multiple times, but yeah. still, like it felt like that big of a deal to us. Yeah. It's very interesting. Very it's something weird. about your development at that age and what sticks out. And I think a lot of it for me and a lot of entertainment that I consume it's stuff that I don't experience or won't experience, yeah. but I experience it vicariously on screen because mm-hmm. I knew I was, I would have gotten in so much trouble if I ever even thought about doing right. any of those things. Right, me too. I did Ding Dong Ditch, I guess, probably. But I would have been the kid that would be like, guys, come on. Like, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do this. Like, I would have been the <laughs> You would have been like Reggie Rocket. Yes, I was the Reggie Rocket. And maybe that is another reason why that stuck out to me is that I identified so much with Reggie. Yeah, that could be it. I was always trying to keep other people out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. It's so funny. Speaking of things that stuck out in your memory, um, this whole show was created by Arlene Klasky mm-hmm. and Gabor Chupo, mm-hmm. which you've seen the Klasky Chupo wordmark yep. at the end of all these cartoons like Rugrats and everything else. For my whole life. Forever. And did you ever sit there and go, Klasky Scoopo, Scoopo? Oh, yeah. In, mostly in my brain. It didn't make any sense to like yeah. our young trying to learn how to spell yeah. brains. I definitely, definitely remember that, those names in my mind and like not quite knowing how to say them. So I'd always think them and I would never say them out loud because I have this like, you know, fear of embarrassing myself. Yeah. I was like, okay, it only took me till I was 30 to learn that it's uh, Chupo. Chupo. <laughs> For some reason in my head, I see like, there's an S in it. Yeah, it says, it's C-S-U-P-O. And I, I tried to say Cuspo, Klasky Cuspo. Cuspo, I think I would say like mm-hmm. Scoopo, thinking I was so smart as a kid. But I mean, I found other posts online that they were like, when I was a kid, I called it like Supo, Cusupo. <laughs> that makes me feel so much better. Like we're not the only ones. We were just young children. Yeah, he's like Hungarian. Okay. So that's why our ignorant little American, American children brains were like, but those letters don't go together. These two people, these two geniuses, were the creators of uh, the production company Klasky Chupo Mm -hmm. that was either responsible for or had a hand in creating many animated shows, such as The Simpsons, Rugrats, Mm -hmm. Ah, Real Monsters, Ah, Real Monsters, Ah, Ah. There you go. That's better. Ah, Real Monsters. (laughs) Uh, Duckman, The Wild Thornberries, Yes. As Told by Ginger, Mm. and The Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald. Weird. Remember that cartoon? No. (laughs) I really don't. That is... So I know all of the characters. There were only like six straight to video episodes made, but it's it's when like they rebranded Ronald McDonald and like had all the other characters like introduced. The Hamburglar. Like the Hamburglar and all this nonsense. What was the little the little bird girl? What was her name? She's like the chicken nugget girl. Oh, I am not the person 
Yeah, ask. I knew all of them. I didn't. I didn't like any of them. I never understood that whole. I mean, I just ate a lot of Happy Meals. I mean, that's part of the whole marketing stuff to children, right? <laughs> yeah. So they have a lot of great shows, and this show in particular is fantastic. If you've never seen it, mm-hmm. uh, what are you doing? Go watch it. Yeah, seriously. This episode specifically <laughs> uh, was written by Adam Beechin mm-hmm. and Michael Rotman. Emphasis on the rot. Mm. The title music that I um, read the lyrics to <laughs> a little, little while ago. Didn't sing. Um, was written by Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which he did. Yeah. I know his name too. Man. And then all the additional music for Rocket Power was written by David Eccles. Which, I don't know if you remember, I forgot completely how just totally groovy and tubular the soundtrack is oh, I love for it. Rocket Power. I love there it. There was like Ooh. constant bebopping music mm-hmm. around because they're always like cool skateboarding they're oh, yeah. action kids in play position <laughs> they're, they're writers on a mission right they're always doing something really cool surfing yeah or whatever yet another show where the parents are nowhere to be found they, the parents are there the parents are just kind of bumbling and so the kids are just young way too young latchkey kids just doing their thing yeah i was always like oh i'll never be that cool that's so dangerous that was my whole thing like, i was you? like they're way too cool yeah. This episode was directed by Rick Bugenthal. Emphasis on the bug. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. I really was wondering if you were. Bugenthal. Um, the IMDb summary for this is very simple. Because again, these are like 12-minute episodes and they come in like two-episode packages. So yeah. the uh, descriptions were like one sentence each. Mm-hmm. Otto, Sam, and Twister agree to sneak out with Eddie, Prince of the Netherworld, for Mischief Night. My summary, which is much more verbose. Shocking. When Otto, Sam, and Twister are threatened with a good time by the neighborhood weirdo, Eddie, (laughs) a.k.a. the Prince of the Netherworld, they cannot be bothered with the wise advice given by Reggie, who ultimately takes it upon herself to keep them from getting into trouble during the citywide curfew. Mm -hmm. Also... Nothing scary is actually happening, but everybody is super jumpy regardless. Oh, yeah. Because among many other things, this episode is a Halloween special. Yes. So buckle in, everybody. Grab your flashlights. It's about to get spooky. We're not doing all the characters. These are just the characters that are featured in this episode. Mm -hmm. We have our main best friends, our main kids, Otto, Reggie, Sam, and Twister. Otto is voiced by Joseph Ashton. He played Billy in the just devastating Where the Red Fern Grows film from like 2003. Mm -hmm. If you want to cry your eyes out, go watch that. He also voiced the character of Iggy in Hey Arnold. Of course he did. Yeah. Remember the super cool kid with like the green sunglasses? Yep. That makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. And I can absolutely hear Iggy's voice now that you say that. Yes. Reggie. So Otto and Reggie, your brother and sister, if you don't know. Yes. Reggie is voiced by Shayna Fox. Uh, she voiced uh, a little-known character called Planet Kate oh. in the Oh Yeah cartoons cartoon Planet Kate. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked that up, and wow, I think, I don't know if more than the pilot ever got made, but weird-looking show. Oh, weird show. She had a unique voice. Uh, and you can hear it. I'm like, oh, that's Reggie Rocket yep. for sure. She also voiced the character Savannah Shane in Rugrats All Grown Up. Okay. Sam, the like new kid on the block who's trying to learn how to be cool like these kids. Nerdy Sam. Nerdy little Sam, which he is the everyman. Oh, yeah. He's us trying to keep up with them. I was like, I want to be Otto, 
but I'm Sam for really, sure. Ultimately, and I think I think they knew most kids would be Sam, so they were yeah. like, "All right." He gets a ton of storylines. Um, like I think the first episode is about him moving, moving there, there and meeting all these kids. He's the newbie, shoebie. <laughs> so Sam is voiced by a kid named Sam Saletta. He played Butch in the Little Rascals. Oh, boom! Yeah. All these things connecting in my mind now. There are so many things. We're going to keep crossing over here. It keeps happening a lot. You know how like in Are You Afraid of the Dark? So we've recorded like half of the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And all those actors yeah. like cross over in different they things. They jump around. And, yeah. Same here with Rocket Power. Mm-hmm. And mostly probably because of the Klasky yep. Chupo. Influences for sure. He also played George Camden in Seventh Heaven. Man, I haven't watched Seventh Heaven in so long. If you don't know what Seventh Heaven is, talk about a quintessential like 90s live action TV show for like teenagers, right? It was like a teenage soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. A teenage soap opera. That's a good way to put it. It's like Dawson's Creek. It's that same. Right. Yeah. Which I love personally. So, so Twister, he's Otto's sidekick and best friend. The airheaded guy. The airheaded sort of, yeah, jock type who's like just good at everything. Yeah. He's better. I think he's better than Otto at surfing, but he's not as good as the uh, the land games as Otto. Mm-hmm. But they're pretty much like toe to toe. They're, like, always, they're always, yeah, like, going right neck there. to neck. Yeah. Going neck to neck. That's not. Neck to neck. <laughs> that's not how you say They're not necking. <laughs> uh, no, maybe no. they were. That is maybe when they got older, thing. they started to. Well, we, yeah, we'll never know. He was voiced by Ulysses Quadra. He voiced uh, Vaz in Clifford the Big Red Dog, which is his really only other, you know, big, big Two big credit. iconic shows, though. Yeah, very big shows. And then we have Eddie, mm. <laughs> Prince of the Netherworld. It's always an Eddie, isn't it? Always an Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. He was he was voiced by Jordan uh, Warkall, who also voiced Chocolate Boy. In Hey Arnold. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. 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 Everybody's like having this awakening right now. They're like, a chocolate boy. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And they like we can all hear these voices in our head. That's what's yeah. crazy to me is that they yeah. entered in our brain at such a point in our life where they just rattle around in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. And he also played Froggy from The Little Rascals. All these little rascals. Mm-hmm. Of all the actors and voice actors that we've like researched so far for the show, which, you know, granted, isn't that many. These people have the most extensive filmographies wow. of, of everyone so far. It was sort of mind-blowing. The Klasky Kupo people. Did I say it right? Klasky Chupo. Klasky Chupo. See, I told you. It's still, I can't, <laughs> still can't, I can't do it, but in my brain. But they, they clearly knew who they wanted to work with. Right. And they got some legends, let me tell you. I'm just going to read through all this yeah. because I'm taking way too much time getting through this. But, like, my God, this is scratching the surface. Raymundo. Otto and Reggie's dad is voiced by John Cassier. His credits include voicing characters from Rick and Morty, Mm -hmm. Adventure Time, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, My Life as a Teenage Robot, (laughs) As Told by Ginger, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Cat Dog, The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Johnny Bravo, Kim Possible, The Simpsons, The Wild Thornberries, Samurai Jack, Totally Spies, Ah, Real Monsters, <laughs> Much better. Dexter's Lab, mm. and The Animaniacs, like the original. So everything. He's also most well-known for voicing the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. Raymundo, what are you doing, man? Talk about a legend, right? He's everywhere. He's jumping networks. He's jumping genres. He's everywhere. Like, that's... That is a small portion of what he's done. Those are just the ones that I cared about. Good for you, Raymundo. Remember Officer Shirley? Like the lead cop lady who's always featured as like the cop? Yeah, she's always coming after him. Yes. She's voiced by C.C.H. 
Pounder. Three initials. If you look her up, you will know her face. She's been in so many things. She's voice characters in Gargoyles, Mm -hmm. an assortment of DC comic shows having to do with the Justice League and like Batman specifically. She has played in live action TV shows and films, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Sons of Anarchy, Mm. NCIS New Orleans, Mm -hmm. Warehouse 13, Law and Order SVU, the Avatar franchise, The Shield, The West Wing, ER, The X-Files, The RoboCop franchise, The Cosby Show, Home Improvement, Improvement. and the movie Face-Off. So she is also a I'm looking up her face right now. Look her up. Oh, totally. Totally. You know her face. She's Guyanese. Who knew? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm telling you some stuff now. Wow. Look at me learning today. Yeah. Very familiar. Same with Violet Stimpleton. So the Stimpletons are the next door neighbors of of the Rockets. When you just said the the name Stimpleton, I was like, I have not thought about these people, but I know them intimately. The husband is, you know, they they know him as old man Stimpleton. He's the like crotchety old guy who's always, he's the get off my lawn kind of guy. And his his wife, Violet, is just sort of super friendly, always happy, very kind of airy, just sort of whatever. The pink hair. Like, yeah, she's great. Fully remember. So Violet was voiced by Eddie McClurg. She voiced Gerda in Frozen. She voiced Mary from Wreck-It Ralph and Minnie from Cars and Cars 2. Wow. And she voiced like a bunch of different characters in Regular Show, Family Guy, The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Clifford the Big Red Dog, Cat Dog, Batman Beyond, Cow and Chicken, A Bug's Life. Ah, real (laughs) monster. Excellent. (laughs) The Little Mermaid, she played Carlotta, and Snorks. Man. Live action, she acted in Seventh Heaven, NCIS, CSI, Two and a Half Men, Desperate Housewives, Portlandia, Days of Our Lives, Hannah Montana, Breaking Dawn, the movie. Oh, jeez. Sabrina, The Teenage Witch, Flubber, Seinfeld, Full House, Roseanne, and she played Grace from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Remember, like yeah. the office assistant lady, yeah. and he's like screaming her name. He's like, I'm Grace. Her I loved her character. She's uh, that's where I knew her from. I was like, okay, one of my favorite movies of all time. Merv Stimpleton. I mean, I keep saying the word legend, but this guy is. Oh wow. He's voiced by Henry Gibson. I would hear that name and like kind of maybe go, I know who that is, right? Mm-hmm. But then you look at his face too. Yeah. This guy. This guy. Has done a lot of stuff. He is like father time himself. Yeah, he like doesn't age either. Right. So for his voice, he's voice characters on King of the Hill, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Hey Arnold, The Wacky Adventures of Ronald McDonald, The Wild Thornberries, Ah, Real Monsters, mm-hmm. and Rugrats, among so many others. I couldn't, I was like, I'm getting tired just making this list of I people. I know. All these lists are similar, but they And this yeah, guy had like the longest one. Prolific is the word, right? Yes, very prolific actor. He was in, to name just a few, Boston Legal, Wedding Crashers, Magnolia, The Amanda Show, the Amanda Sabrina Show. the Teenage Witch, Tales from the Crypt, Murder She Wrote, MacGyver, Gremlins 2, The Burbs, which I remember him from The Burbs specifically. He's the creepy neighbor doctor type. Oh. Super, he's just so like soft-spoken and kind, yeah. but creepy. Yeah. So creepy. He was in The Blues Brothers. 
the original Dukes of Hazard TV show, the original Wonder Woman TV series from the 70s, Charlotte's Web, he voiced Wilbur. Whoa. He was in the original Bewitched TV series. Uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Bewitched, that's how I know his face. He was on the Dick Van Dyke show. Dang. Yeah, anybody that's even a little bit older than us is like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's Henry Gibson. It's, like, yeah, they're like, you know, come on, we, we know him A very couple well. years older, five years older than us, and you probably know exactly who he is. Yeah, right. That's funny. He was on uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, mm -hmm. 77 Sunset Strip. And the earliest credit I could find, he was in the original Nutty Professor from 1963. Dang. Whew. Everywhere, all the He's time. He's done a lot of stuff. Got lots of professionals. And maybe that's lots why it sticks, or one of the many reasons why it sticks for us, is that these people knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. They had really good, you know, character actors yes. behind everything. And that made it a lot easier to digest for like, us. Like, I remember it being a really great show, but I did not know how much, like, talent went into these characters like yeah. all these people i mean it's really impressive i mean it's it, that they were able to get them in the 90s as we keep talking about like there was this resurgence of animation and the disney renaissance and everything started in the 90s so it's like mm -hmm. i feel like this is when animation like actually gave you a little bit more notoriety like people weren't down on it anymore yeah. it became a real pursuit i guess voice acting became a thing yes. in, the, in the 90s, yes. 80s and 90s. You wanted probably. to get into voice Yeah, and you if you did, then you're like, okay, I've, yeah, I've made it into this whole like echelon of people that are jumping around networks and producers, and that's pretty cool. So to give you an idea what this episode is about, this, as we find out, is the kids' first Halloween getting to go out on their own without Raymundo. It's supposed to be, yeah, their first foray. And so that's all they can talk about. I mean, we open the episode with like, immediately, there are jack-o'-lanterns everywhere, all over town, just so we know as the audience. Oh, okay. It's Halloween. Mm -hmm. Like what? The first line is Sam's line. He says, man, Halloween rocks, costumes, <laughs> Here haunted we are. houses. It's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> it's Halloween time. So yeah, they're like super amped for this. And that's when they meet Eddie, the prince of the netherworld. Naturally. And he, you know, tells them about Mischief Night. He calls it the big night. And they're like, mm -hmm. Halloween? Duh. Mad doses of processed sugar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, the real night, Mischief Night. And he basically presents the concept of Mischief Night to them. Some of them know what it is and some of them don't. Like Twister and Reggie seem to know what it is. Yeah, they're always the older. So basically all the guys agree. They're sort of peer pressured into this situation despite Reggie being like, guys, there's a curfew. Like, this is a bad idea. Don't, yeah. don't do this. I'm absolutely Reggie. <laughs> sorry, right. not sorry. And that was my sister too. You know, me and uh, my neighbor Patrick, we were always getting into trouble. And it's like, I was Otto and she was Reggie and he was Twister. <laughs> and it's funny because he had the, uh, like, the older brother who fit the like Lars character, like yeah, Twister's older brother. so great. And I love that Reggie like tries to like lend on Sam. She's like, come mm -hmm. on, Sam. Because she knows he, that's the most likely to, to defect. And he says, what is he, the line that he says, he's working on overcoming his chronic. Reg, I'm just trying to break out of a pattern of chronic overcautiousness. Yes. <laughs> so good. It's so good. That is such a good line. I mean, this show is really clever. It is. Like, it really I is. mean, a lot of these cartoons were way more so than I give it credit for, like, in my conscious mind. Yes. When I watch it, I'm like, man, this is smart. Like, mm -hmm. there are the gimme jokes that are that are simple. But Yeah, like, I mean, they kind of make kids laugh, but underneath that is, like, intellect. Yeah. Like, it's very, it's very sure. clever, very smart. I'm always trying to break out of a pattern of chronic overcautiousness, so I understand, Sam. Me too. I tell you, we're both Sam. Like, Sam is the everyman. Yeah. He's every kid. 
that isn't a rocket. And I mean, let's let's be honest. Most of us are not. Yeah, very few <laughs> of us are rockets. Reggie, you know, she keeps the cooler head and she's like, no, like, this is stupid. We don't need to do this. There's a curfew. She's like, this is our first year to go out alone. I'm not going to blow it by being stupid, right? You're going to take this away from me. Yep. And she she does specify, like, there's a moment where they're like, kind of like getting their stuff. It's later, they're home. They're getting all their stuff together. And like, Otto kind of suggests that Reggie's going to like tattletale. Yeah. She basically just says, I don't want you guys to get caught. Her thing is, I, I'm looking out for you. I don't want right. you to get caught. It was so pure. It's just this like, mm -hmm. it's not selfish. It's not, I will, I wanted to do this instead. It's like, she's yeah. like, no, I'm just, I just don't want you guys to get in trouble. Like I, I liked yeah, that. Me too. I mean, I guess that's how my sister Lauren was too. So she always would try to talk us cover down. Cover for you. Yeah. And... She'd cover for us, try to keep me out of trouble. Like that's why I didn't get into much trouble, honestly, is because she was always there. The buffer. I wanted to, I don't know, please her, I guess, as my like yeah. older sister and best friend. I was like, I don't want See, you to I don't, not like me. I don't have that. I have the opposite where I was the Reggie character, but everybody younger than me or everybody else in the group hated that attitude in me. Yeah. They all got annoyed with me. And even though I was coming at it from a place of like, I don't want to ruin what we have. I don't want to get caught. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want us to... I don't want this good thing to be ruined by this action. Right. That was always my stance and people did not like it. <laughs> I got like bullied and made fun of for being that Yeah, character. well, I mean, I, I made fun of Lauren and we all made fun of her but a lot. But it's nice to hear that deep down it made an impact or it mattered it to It definitely you, did. Maybe just maybe the kids that I was telling off, maybe they, you know, can look back at it and say, even though, you know, we were mean to her, she was right. <laughs> um. Despite her warnings, they go about this mischief night, and the whole thing is a really fun public service announcement to children. Like, hey, yes, mischief night's bad. Pretty much. <laughs> Don't go do this. There were much scarier episodes. Like, Rugrats oh, absolutely. had some very, very twisted, twisted dark episodes. moments. So this show, I don't know why they felt the need to make it this like anti-mischief night episode. Yeah. Or they just thought it would be super fun to like see the kids be out of their comfort zone. For like yeah. an, an one episode, you know, because usually they're pretty ahead of the game. Like they, they know what they're Probably doing. Probably a combo of that. Maybe. And then kids that watch Rocket Power and, and identify like this, maybe they're likely to be the kids that are mm -hmm. up to no good. And so we'll just squash all that at the same time. So like, I remember this episode being way longer. Me too. Being way more involved. Me too. I don't know if this is one of those like Berenstein or Baron Stain. The Mandela the effect. The Mandela effect scenario. But I remember this being like a 30 minute or hour long Me too. Episode. I just, it was, it, it lived in my mind. Mm -hmm. as yeah, we, if got, it we were. got Raymundo sitting back watching scary movies. Eating only the yellow part of the candy Eating only corn. the yellow part of the candy corn, which I've tried to research that. He says it's a tradition. I think it's, I think it might be just a rocket family. I think tradition. it's just a rocket family. He's tradition. referencing. Yeah. Or a Raymundo tradition, right. particularly. Right. That's his thing. I remember a lot more of Ray home alone getting scared. Being scared, by stuff. yeah. But it only happens a couple times in this yeah, 12 minutes. Maybe twice. Isn't that weird? It's so funny how it just gets a life of its own in our head. If anybody knows what we're talking about, you're like, oh, you're thinking of this, let us know. What whatever that is, because I want to watch that too. But Ray set the stage in my young mind for like the kind of adult I wanted to be. Yes. I was like, I want to be the kind of guy that stays home on Halloween and watches mm -hmm. all the scary movies and eats all the candy corn and snacks yep. and whatever. I grew up to be that person. <laughs> yep. My Halloweens are like, all right, I'm going to like settle in, get cozy, 
and try to scare myself. Yep. And that's what I want. Same. And that's what I have. So thank you, Raymundo. We owe you a lot. Thank you for inspiring us. Yes. We saw what you were and we wanted to I become. Wanted to be that. I was that. like, I'd much rather be home doing what he's doing than out trying to toilet paper houses for sure. Yeah. And that maybe that was a part of the plan. Make it seem very appealing. I love that he like offers Reggie all these tapes and it is tapes they're vhs tapes because there's nothing else at the time this is the rocket family tradition as we know from this episode Mm -hmm. on mischief night they sit and they watch so many scary movies he says they have nine movies to watch (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh it's a lot i I don't know if you guys are any good at math it's a lot of hours it's a lot of hours and even more minutes (laughs) he expects this to happen he wants it to happen he loves it and then on halloween they go trick-or-treating as a family, and they wear matching family costumes. Mm-hmm. So Raymundo's got his Halloween flicks, as he calls them. As you, as you were saying, they're VHS tapes, and they're just like all over the couch. And we find out that Ray loves Halloween. He loves candy corn, which I really only eat candy corn because of Raymundo. That's funny. I can't pretend like I like it. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm not the kind of person that hates it. I'll eat it. I have a bag on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. but it's mostly just because in of like this. remembrance of Raymundo, basically, mm-hmm. from my childhood being like, he liked candy corn. So I'm going to do I want to sit back and nibble on some candy corn. I don't just eat the yellow parts. But yeah, I was just about to ask, do you also only eat No, the I think parts? I'll bite that part off, but then I'll eat the rest of it. <laughs> which, come on, when we cut back to this later he's eating fistfuls of candy corn and saying I, I noticed that too and he's yeah eating. he's definitely <laughs> i guess he just like forewent the entire he got absorbed in what he was watching yeah. so speaking of the movie itself we got to hear two different titles for their options because he basically wants reggie to pick mm-hmm. and so he says all right what's it gonna be <laughs> vampire zombies the hungry undead mm-hmm. or the walking hunger of the formerly living. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's so funny. And of course, Reggie's like, is there a difference? Like, <laughs> I want to sit and have a scary movie thon with Raymundo. That would be dope. As he's mumbling, brains. Brains. I want that so much. If only I'm going to be that dad one day. I am that dad to my cats I was about right to say, now. you just don't have any. It's the cats. Sphinx just looks at me with his sweet, sweet eyes. And he's like, mm. I don't know what you're saying. But, <laughs> but you're Papa, so... My next favorite thing, which I had to look this up. You probably know what this is, but we now cut to uh, the Stimpletons next door. And Merv is spraying the outside of the house Mm -hmm. with something. And uh, Violet comes out and she's like, what are you doing with my cooking spray? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Merv says, protecting our home from brutal albumin. You know what albumin is? I've heard the word and I don't have it in home from current, my people. current brain is not producing. I had to look it up. Is it like vermin? Like like an infestation? Think about Mischief Knight and egging. Oh, yes. It's like the- He's spraying his house with cooking spray. Yes. To protect his house from egg whites. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so albumin is another name for egg whites. It's Due like to the protein, the protein found in egg whites. That's the word I wasn't- Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. The protein is also named albumin, but from what I could find on the internet, these are spelled two different ways. Mm -hmm. Albumin, the name for egg whites, is A-L-B-U-M-E-N with an E. And then the protein found in egg whites, from what I could find, 
is spelled with an I. <laughs> Somebody, please explain this to me. Yeah, I, if I'm I just nothing. dumb and you're like, no, that was a typo on the internet. Maybe. That's fine. Albumin. From Brutal Albumin. That's pretty great. He's spraying his house with cooking spray so that the eggs don't stick to his house. It's smart. My God. That is so funny. I don't feel like there's enough cooking spray to coat the whole. Oh, like, he has front one small of- little can. No, there's no yeah. way. But he's doing his. He's doing his damnedest. Sure is. Oh my. And then Violet says, "Well, now my pumpkin cookies will stick." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Slams the door. So good. When he explains the brutal albumin, he pulls an egg out of his pocket and shows it. To oh, her. so he's like trying to help us with our vocabulary, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Nice. Um, but you can't tell what it is. There's like a white orb. You're like, yeah. what is that? Albumin. Very clever detail. So basically, old man Stimbleton is womp-proofing his house. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when they womp something, it's a catch-all phrase for like... We're going to mess them up. We're going to mess them up. So what do you do when it's an animated cartoon and nothing scary is actually happening, but you want your audience to feel that tension and feel that? You just have your characters announce that they're afraid. This is pretty like, spooky. Oh, like, guys, it's super creepy out here. Like, it's and just I mean, dark. And I the threat of, like, being caught, right? The curfew. And the idea of that, yeah. that's pretty, that's looming, too. So there's... Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, it probably just is this general, the, the energy of the night is kind of what's got them on edge, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I felt that energy out. Like, have you been out, like, on certain Halloween nights oh, and you feel yeah, for that, sure. it just, yeah, that energy? Scary. You're like, oh, Something spooky's happening. I felt right it now. on non-Halloween nights. Sometimes it just feels creepy outside. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I like that because you know the veil is so thin and the spirits mm-hmm. are passing through. That's why. Ooh. When the kids all meet outside, all the boys, right? They're all super jumpy. Yeah. Otto's got a backpack full of toilet paper. They are gonna do this night right. They're gonna cause some mischief. I like that they went with toilet paper and they're not like got a bunch of eggs. You know, they're not like we're gonna just mm-hmm. destroy some houses. I mean, they were like, okay, we'll just stick with the the simplest. Just some Traditional, simple. I mean, it's still really annoying. <laughs> so they walk down the street and there are these, you know, ominous shadows coming. And we see this dad and little girl character. Uh, he's dressed as like a Frankenstein and she's dressed as a witch. And they they just came from some like uh, Halloween party. He looks weird, by the way. He's got this like ruffly face. Like I hate describing it that way. And I'm really sorry. No, but that I, is. I made a note that he's one of the weirdest looking cartoon characters because he just yeah. kind of smiles I mean, I'm not saying and never that, speaks. Like everybody on Rocket Power is weird looking. Like there's an element of just like. They have that classic Chupo animation mm-hmm. style. They're all very yeah. strange looking. But this one takes the cake, at least on this one. But he definitely looks the most like a pedophile of all the characters. For Ugh. Sure. He's very creepy. Oh, so they, they see these big shadows coming toward them and they run away because they're like, ah, scary monsters. Ah, real monsters. Everywhere they go, there's a reason why they can't hit the house or something scares them away. Yeah, just a bunch of failed attempts, essentially. Yeah. So basically everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Mm-hmm. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Meanwhile, at the house during the scary movie-thon, Ray is scaring himself silly and he's going to go get some more soda so reggie goes to pause the movie and actually accidentally changes like the channel which do you remember those issues from back in the day she sees this news report about you know the curfew and we see officer shirley officer that for some reason this scene sticks in my mind from this episode Mm -hmm. because it's like a news report where officer shirley is essentially threatening anybody that's caught outside on curfew and it's all the costumed people in the cell behind her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is in my brain. I don't know Everybody why. in that cell has a costume on. It's pretty good. So like, why? There are more people out on Mischief Night than just 
wearing costumes. Like, yeah, and people I mean, have to go to the like, grocery store. It's like, mischief night also. It's not Halloween yet. So remember, citizens of Ocean Shores, anyone caught outside on mischief night will spend the rest of the night inside a cell. In the Pokey, the Who's Gal, the Iron Bar Hotel, the Big House, Jane. This is Officer Shirley reminding you to have a nice evening. Fair warning, don't go out. So Reggie says, oh no, I have to go save them. Mm-hmm. So Reggie bails saying she's got to go get some garlic for the, uh, you know, the vampire zombie. <laughs> and I love how Ray's like, oh, and uh, lock the door. You do a pretty good, Raymundo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank. I mean, thanks. <laughs> I've only been trying for 20 years. You're like, that's all I've ever wanted out of life. So the kids are out you know, running around and they finally all agree. This isn't cool. This isn't fun. Eddie, you're lame. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. This is about the time where Reggie shows up. So they're talking about how, like, this was lame. Yeah, bad idea, basically. Nothing went we right. It was a bad it. idea. Yeah. We're heading home. And she's like, good, because if Officer Shirley finds you, and then cue Officer Shirley, well, they bail. They leave Reggie behind. And she's, like, caught with a smoking gun. There's all the toilet paper that's strewn around her. And so the house is yeah, rolled. Reggie takes the heat. Yeah. Takes the rap. Thankfully, instead of Locking her Reggie up. getting locked up in the old. Iron Bar Hotel, uh, the Who's Gal, mm-hmm. Officer Shirley, brings her home to Ray. And this is such a weird scene. Like, There's always sexual tension. It's so funny to me. Thanks, Cheryl. But it's like understated. She even winks. She's like, I thought you'd want to take care of this. Yeah. Like, well, he opens the door and she hands him two rolls of toilet paper. Oh, yeah. She goes, hey, Ray. He takes the toilet paper and they're in his hands. He's like, hey, thanks, Cheryl. Yeah. This isn't why you're here, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a like obvious play off of like, you know. Say she shows up in the middle of the night and she's making conversation and she asks him a question or something. And then him being like, well, that's not why you're here, is it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so sensual yeah, and sexual. That's the thing. There's a word for that type of joke. Like you're you're saying something without saying it. It's a very... Well, I mean like innuendo? Well, it's not even just innuendo. It's Im- like a... Implied... You're, you're playing out a scenario that isn't what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Friends does it a lot. Yeah. Like all the time where they have like a you know, wait till your father gets home or they have the whole like mm. y- that dynamic of like leaving one person with the kids and the, then they argue about like they, they play those scenes, the trope. Yeah. They'll play out a trope even if that's not what's what's happening. It's like the, yeah. it's a certain type of joke. And if I were a better podcast host, I would know what it's called. But <laughs> yeah, that's totally what's happening with Ray. It's just so Shirley. funny because it's toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how he's like, thanks. <laughs> hey, thanks. But yeah, so she basically says, you know, I caught Reggie. What does she say? I I caught her committing a 326 Mm -hmm. willful residential vandalism involving a hacksaw, sledgehammer, or two-ply toilet tissue. Yep. (laughs) So funny. It's probably the best scene out of the whole, like, well, maybe one of them, I guess. Honestly, really. Candy corn on the couch is taking the cake. And it's so funny because, like, if you you look at Ray's face while she's speaking, he's just, like, watching her do her job. And he has just the silly grin on his face. Like, he's so, like, like, I can't tell if he's just like, oh, we're pulling one over on Reggie and we're going to make her think she's really in trouble uh, yeah. or if I'm just like watching you be a cop mm. I think it's both basically she's like yeah she winks at him says I think you can handle it from here mm-hmm. and he holds up the two rolls of toilet paper and says thanks Cheryl yeah <laughs> what does this mean like what does it mean I think you're right I think it's kind of there having this adult conversation over the top of her head essentially yeah. like she's in big trouble and yeah, yeah I'll take care of it like that kind of like a false yeah it's just like false pretense, bravado kind of thing at the same time, very flirty. So funny. So flirty. Thankfully, 
realizing Reg is going to get in trouble for this, the boys, you know, confess and say, you know, it was us. She was just trying to stop us, you know. And then I guess it's common, but like especially in Rocket Power, Ray is just the community dad. Ray is awesome. And so even Twister's like, are we going to have to miss Halloween? Like as though he's Ray's kid and he's not. The Rockets are the glue. The Rockets are the glue. So Ray is like, oh no, I have something worse, much worse. They have a new rule this year for trick-or-treating. One piece of candy per house. No! And uh, that's the end of Mischief Night. Oh, Mischief Night. The night before Halloween. The worst fate they could imagine. Only one piece of candy per house. Which I get because their neighborhood's so small be like 10 pieces of candy yeah they don't get what they want that's mischief night that's our halloween special man hopefully it's stuck in your mind like it did in ours because like i said we we thought this was like feature length film like we were very much under the impression that this yeah. there was a lot to this episode i guess that's i mean as long as it's larger than life in your mind that's really all that matters it lives it lives it lives it lives it's alive so anyway hope you guys have a great halloween Thanks for listening to this episode. Yeah. And catch us next week. Yeah. When we uh, return post Halloween. <laughs> right? After we're gonna all stay, of our Halloween madness is. We're going to stay done. spooky, is the thing. Don't um, worry. Yeah, don't worry. We're going to keep this going all year long. And I mean, if you're anything like us, you're probably, like, it's the night before Halloween when, when hopefully you're listening to this. It's the night before Halloween when this is coming out, but you're already going to be in that post Halloween, like, you miss it already a little oh, bit. Oh, the week after is a huge letdown. So stick with us because we're going to be... Yeah, stick, stick with us and we will lead you astray <laughs> into the into the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, cool. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Well, happy Halloween. Eat some candy corn. Yeah. Eat, eat all of it, not just the, the yellow part. Stay safe. But all, most importantly, you know, keep it spooky. Always. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to That's Pretty Dark, written and produced by Christian Baxter Mott and Kaylin Andrews. Our music is composed by Jonathan Simmons, and our art is provided by Paige Garland at Power Girl Illustration. Join the collective nostalgia and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at That's Pretty Dark Podcast. Share your experiences and let us know what shows, films, or villains still haunt you from childhood at That's Pretty Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, You're never really alone. So until next time, sweet dreams, everyone. Uh, Happy Halloween.